listening to New Life the Fort, where the person of Jesus Christ and His love for you are shared. And I'm really excited about this uh, message today. It culminates the series on Grace Life. And the past few weeks, we've been talking about Christ being our life. And in this series, we talked about three things uh, the past few weeks. The first thing is Christ is our purpose. And we know that Christ is our one call. We have been called to the fellowship of Jesus. We, we were called one calling. And that is to know him. That is to experience him. And that is to enjoy him, to be with him. That is our one call. And out of that call comes out our callings. Comes out the giftings, comes out the abilities, the things that we need to do, that we need to walk out, things that have been prepared for us. All of that comes out from knowing him. The Bible in Ephesians uh, talks about uh, the verse that says, it is in Christ, in Christ, in him, that we find out who we are and what we are living for. So he is our purpose. We also talked about Christ being our pattern. That man is not our pattern. We do not look to man to be our example. Because man will fail. Man will disappoint us. Yes, we can look to them for maybe inspiration. But they are never people who we are going to copy as is. Why? Because you are unique. And the only person that we look to as our pattern and our model is Jesus Christ. Because he is the perfect man. And he is one who will never condemn you. He is one that will never leave you or forsake you. And we know the pattern in his life. His pattern was one of humility. We saw that when he humbled himself before the father, the Bible says that God exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name. So Jesus taught us that in that place of humility is where grace flows. Grace is like running water. It flows from the highest place, the heavens, and it settles on the lowest place, a place of humility. That's where grace flows. That's where we're saturated with grace. But grace does not leave us in a low place. Like running water, it is a force that will lift you up and lift you up until you are exalted. So Christ's pattern is humility before exaltation. And for us, when we humble ourselves before God and acknowledge that without him, we can do nothing. That without him, there is nothing significant that we can do. When we are in that place of humility, then grace is going to lift us up. We also talked about Christ being our prize, our goal. That in this life right now, we only look to one person, and that is Jesus Christ. We might encounter obstacles along the way, but they cannot hurt us. They cannot harm us. They are temporary. Why? Because our eyes are set on the goal. Our prize is Jesus Christ. When Peter was in the boat and there were waves crashing in around them, he saw Jesus. And when he saw Jesus, his only desire was to be with him. You know, the Bible says, he said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Lord, I want to be where you are. You are my goal. You are my prize. And because Jesus was his focus, Peter did the impossible. He walked on water. And I'm here to tell you that if Christ is our goal and Christ is our price, then you will find yourselves walking in the impossible. Amen. Amen. And so today we're going to go through the fourth thing. And this is the last of the series of Grace Life. We're going to talk to you today about Christ is my power. 
Christ is my power. And I think this is really an apt end. It wraps everything up because we're talking about grace life. And the only way that we can live grace life is that we are empowered by grace himself. That's the only way. We cannot live Christian life in and of our own strength. The Christian life is impossible to live. But praise God, he lives on the inside of us. He is our power to live out that life. See, you know, I really believe that everything you need in your life, everything you need in your life is found in your love affair with Jesus. I love that. You have a love relationship with Jesus. You have a love affair with him. So I encourage you, cultivate your love affair with Jesus. Everything you need is found in that relationship. You know, I, I, I so love being in relationship with my husband, Giselle, because all the fun, all the adventure, everything that I went through, the fun times, and even uh, the times when there was pressing, and you know, it became so much easier because I was walking with somebody I love. I was walking with somebody who knew, I, uh, who knew cared, who I knew cared for me. I was walking with somebody, and I enjoyed that relationship. So no matter what we went through, we went through it together. We were strong together, and it was more enjoyable. I mean, I love going to the grocery. For me, for some, it's a chore, but I love going to the grocery, and I'm so glad God gave me a man who loves the grocery. He loves groceries. When we go abroad, the first thing he looks for is the grocery. Where's the grocery? That's what he loves. So when we go out to do groceries, it might be a mundane thing, boring, everyday thing. Oh, but we love to do it while we do it together. And I love doing it with him. It becomes a joy to do it. And in the same way, in our relationship with Jesus, when we cultivate our relationship with Jesus, when we go through life, everything will be a joy. And when we go through trials and troubles, we know we're not going through it alone. And we know we will overcome. Amen. That's the joy of having a love affair with Jesus. So Christ is my power. In Philippians 4.13, in the New King James Bible, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. All. I like what it says in the Amplified. You know, I like the Amplified. It's so much like my personality. It amplifies. You know, it's loud. Out there, it says a lot of words, you know. So the Amplified says, I have strength for all things, not some things, but all things. And all means all. All includes what you're going through right now. I have strength for all things in Christ. In Christ. That's the important thing. That's the focus. Don't stop in, I have strength for all things. Don't stop there. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I have strength because Christ empowers me. And it says, I am ready for anything and equal to anything. My goodness, look at that boldness. Hey, I'm ready for anything. I'm equal to anything. Bring it on. Come on, bring it on. You know, is that impossible? Is that walking on water? I'm ready for anything. I'm equal to anything. Why is that? Through him. Through him. Through Jesus. And it says, who infuses inner strength into me. I like the word infuses. It gives me a picture of like an IV that's stuck to you. And then strength is going into your blood vessels. Strength is going into your bones. It's not just an outside strength. It's an inner strength 
It is in you, and it's raring to go out. It's like, uh, it's like the Incredible Hulk. You know that strength is on the inside of me. He might be walking. Dr. Banner is walking. Then all of a sudden, uh, Now, let's not have that happen here, but you know. But you know what I mean? It's like, it's like there's strength on the inside of you that's just waiting to come out when you need it. I mean, the Incredible Hulk, I mean, he was strong when he needed to be strong. Grabe, no? Incredible Hulk talaga yung example, no? No, but that, that, that's my picture. Because people may look at you on the outside and they might think, you know, this skinny girl and, you know, she's so frail. But all of a sudden, when she goes through something, like, she has this strength on the inside of her. She can go through. She can leap over a wall. Why? Because of the inner strength that is infused on the inside of her. Ready for anything. Equal to anything. And he says, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. That means I have everything I need because Jesus is my everything. Amen. Hallelujah. So we know that in the context of this verse, in all times, whether challenging times or good times, you are ready for anything and you are equal to anything through Christ who empowers you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The focus now is in Christ who empowers me, not on what we can accomplish, not on what we can do. And that means nothing can stop you from moving forward. I am telling you, things might try to hold you back, and that's your goal, and that's where God wants you to be, and things might be trying to hold you back. A storm might be trying to hold you back. A a disease might be trying to hold you back. But you have inner strength to push through that disease in Christ Jesus, and nothing is going to stop you from moving forward. I am telling you, whatever Christ has placed in your heart, in Jesus' name, you are going to experience it. Nothing, nothing can stop you. Amen. Hallelujah. In John 15, 5, in the New King James Version. Why? Why do we have such power on the inside of us? Because Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. I see a lot of beautiful and handsome branches in this place. And they're all attached to this beautiful and handsome vine. That's the only reason we can become beautiful and handsome. Because we become like him. Amen? So it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And he says, he who abides in me, he who is connected to me, he who is one with me, and I in him bears much fruit. I want my life to be fruitful. I want to bear much fruit. I want my life to count for something. Amen. But see, we can only have that kind of life when we are abiding in him. When we cultivate, cultivate, you know, that's, uh, that's also a planting, gardening term. When you cultivate, right? And, and we are likened to branches in the vine. And we are to cultivate this relationship. And it says, for without me, you can do nothing. And one time I looked at this verse and I said, can do nothing? Well, I know of other people, they're, they're not even Christians, but they can do some things, right? And they can do some very great things, right? I mean, I see people, they're not Christians, and they do, wow, look at what that guy's doing, and that guy's doing. And you know what the Lord told me? Yeah, they may do something, but what I'm talking about here is something of eternal value. Something that's so significant, it'll change the life of people forever, forever. And you might say... Like, I know a lot of people who do charity work, and even non-Christians do charity work. Yeah, and so they give to the poor and all that. But how many of you know that is only temporary? What people need is the resurrection power of God. 
What people need is the life of God. They can be saved from earthly hunger or, you know, if they're naked and they can be clothed and that's earthly, that's fine. But that's not going to get them to heaven. That's not going to get them to walk the plans and purposes that God has for them. And I'm not saying that's bad. That's good, but it's not eternal. But only in Christ can we do things that are eternal. He said, without me, the things that you can do, they're not eternal. They're not significant. But with me, when you do things in me, when you do things through me, when you walk out what I have called you to do in my power and in my strength, what you do will be eternal. What, will you, what you do will impact the lives of people for eternity, not just the physical, but spirit, soul, and body. Amen? And so that's what he means by that. In 2 Corinthians 3.5, talking about Christ is my power. In the Amplified Bible, it says, Not that we are fit, qualified, and sufficient in ability of ourselves to form personal judgments or to claim or count anything as coming from us, but our power and ability and sufficiency are from God. Oh my goodness, look at that verse. It says, in and of our own selves, we're not fit. We are not qualified. But in Christ, our power and ability and sufficiency is found. So in this verse, God wants, first of all, to clarify that we are insufficient. In this verse, he wants us to understand we are limited. He says here, we are not fit. We are not qualified. We have no ability in and of ourselves. In Philippians 3.3 in the Amplified Bible, the Apostle Paul speaks about this. He teaches the same thing. He says here, for we Christians are the true circumcision who worship God in spirit and by the spirit of God and exalt and glory and pride ourselves in Jesus Christ. And these Christians, look at this, it says, and we put no confidence or dependence on what we are in the flesh. We put no confidence or dependence on outward privileges, on physical advantages, and external appearances. The world depends on that. The world depends on their strength, on their talent to get them where they want to go. The world depends on their outward privileges. They might have a last name that will get them into places. You know, sometimes how you just say your name and, oh, oh, sikipo. You know, like the Ayalas and all that. And, and, and if you have a last name, that, that is an outward privilege. Your pedigree, your social background, they depend on that to get them to places. Or the world depends on their physical advantages. They're tall, they're pretty, they look good, you know, they're groomed well, you know, and all that. And, and sometimes when you go beside them and you're, for an interview, you're going, I awkward that. Because they're, they're confident, they're smart, they depend on how they look to get what they want. And it says external appearances. Now sometimes, you know, you, you might be lining up for a job interview and you're, and you're looking to your left and to your right, looking at the competition and, and you look and this person beside you has eight pages in her resume. And you look at yours and it's eight lines. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, what am I going to do? But I'm here to tell you the favor of God is upon you. And we do not depend on external appearances. We do not depend on physical advantages. We do not depend on outward privileges. We do not depend on our smarts, our wisdom, our strength, our talent. No, we depend on his power. 
Because if God wants you to have it, there is no way that God, God that, that's going to be stopped. Amen? Hallelujah. So it says here, don't depend on that. Don't depend on that. So church, we are going to be the most bold people. Not in none of our own strength. We're not going to go. No, but we have a bold confidence on the inside of us. Knowing that Christ is on our side. Knowing that his power is working in us and through us. Amen. Now, I'm not saying don't get an education. I'm not saying don't clean up. Anyway, the favor of God is upon me. The favor of God will tell you to take a bath. The excellence of God will tell you. Amen. Amen. But you know what? There will always be somebody better than you. More good looking than you. Except to your spouse. Siyempre, ako yung pinakamaganda babae sa balat ng lupa para sa asawa ko, di ba? But you know what I mean? There will be somebody, for me, there's somebody who will be better in preaching than I, than, than I am. Somebody, there will always be somebody better than you. And so we cannot depend on our outward talent and ability and smarts. No, no, we can't depend. We have to look to Him. We have to look to Him. Why? Because it is only His power and His favor that will give us the advantage. Amen. So don't compare yourself to others. If God wants, wants, that, uh, wants that job for you, you'll get it. It doesn't matter how long the resumes are. If God wants you to have that job, if He ordained for you to get it, well, guess what? His power, His favor, His sufficiency, His qualification will get it to you. Amen. So I, that's why I love the song that we were singing. Um, here, here in His presence, we are undone. And I, 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 it was so funny because I heard a comment once. Let's not sing that. That's Old Testament. You know, we are undone like we're unraveled. And I'm thinking, but that's exactly what happens when we come into His presence. All our self-sufficiency, all our human effort, all our attitudes, wrong attitudes, wrong thinking, it's undone in the presence of God. So when I sing that, I don't think about we're undone, we're destroyed. I don't think about that because we're in the new covenant. But when I sing, here in your presence, we are undone, I see everything that, doesn't, that is not necessary for me. I see that melting away in his presence. I see the attacks and schemes of the enemy that wants to come at me. I see it undone and unraveled in his presence. So when I sing that, I don't think Old Testament. I think the sufficiency of God. That I do not trust in and of my own self. I am undone so that Christ's power may be manifest in my life. Amen. So I really love that verse. So we're talking about God's power, God's sufficiency. It's saying here, sufficiency means ability or competency to do a thing. It means qualification. I love that because we do not qualify ourselves. I can't even say I'm qualified to stand here. Because if you look at my background, if you look at my past, there is no way I could qualify me standing up here preaching the word. But I praise God that Jesus qualifies me. Jesus qualifies you. And maybe the enemy is trying to lie to you. Maybe you're seeing what God has for you. And you're seeing the good things. And you're seeing the plans, the destinies, and purposes. You're seeing, I can't walk in that. Look at me. Look at what I've done. I can't walk in that. I don't know anything. But you know what? That is not your qualification. Because Jesus said from before the foundation of the world, he called you. He separated you 
from your mother's womb. He separated you unto the call of God in your life. Only Jesus can qualify you. Amen. Hallelujah. In Philippians 2.13 in the Amplified Bible. Philippians 2.13. This is such a powerful verse. It says here, for God is working in you. Who is working in you? God. And how many of you know God can do the impossible? It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Now, I love this verse. The desire and the power. Because sometimes there are things that God will show you that you're saying, I don't want to walk in that. Right? They're saying, no, I don't, I don't see myself doing that. But then God shows you, I don't see myself doing that. But don't worry about it. Because when the time comes for you to step in, God's going to give you the desire. As long as you focus yourself on him, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you what? Now, the, the verse, and so many times, see, a lot of us memorize that verse because we quote that verse when we want something. I want that. I want him. <laughs> I want her. That's the desire of my heart. So, Lord, I'll delight myself in you. So, you'll give that to me. Kaya nga memoriado natin yan eh. Kasi that's how I thought. I said, I want that. I want that. Uy, delight yourself in the Lord. Okay. I'm delighting myself. So, give me that, Lord. Huh? No, but what is the context of that verse? It means as you delight yourself in him. What is delighting yourself? Enjoying fellowship with him. Knowing Him, experiencing Him. As you do that, you know what? He will give you the desires of your heart. That means His desires will now become your desires. And you will see that His desires are so much greater than your desires. He will give you the desires of your heart so that the things that you thought you wouldn't like, all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, why is that? Because you like what He likes. You become more like Him, remember? You become more like the one you worship. So he gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I remember one time, you know, uh, Pastor Giselle was a worship leader at church. And we were, we were in um, Shangri-La, Shangri-La Mall at that time. And, you know, uh, Pastor Giselle would lead service. And I, 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 I didn't have anything to do with whatever was going on in front. I was always in the back. I had a book table. All right. There was a book table in the back. And I would sell books. So that's my post, all right? So when people came out, they wanted to buy books, I'd be there selling. That was me. I, I didn't want to be out there. I knew I was an actress and all that, but I certainly didn't want to be up there preaching, exhorting. No way. You know, so I was there. And uh, one time, uh, Pastor Paul made Pastor Giselle the worship pastor, made him the worship pastor. So that's fine. He's still leading worship. He's the worship pastor. And people came up to me, and they would say, hey, Mylene. Boy, pastor's wife, you. I'd go, I'd say that. I'm like, no, no way. No, you know, maybe one day you'll be a pastor's wife. No, I'd like to be a pastor's wife. You know why? Because I had a wrong idea of what a pastor's wife would be. I saw pastor's wife as boring, walang makeup, kapusod ang buhok. Tapos kailangan pag nagsalita, hi, hi, God bless you. Oh, yes. Oh, are you crying? Wait, I'll cry with you. You know, I, I, I saw them as like that. And also because people would come up to me and they would tell me, oh, pag pastor's wife, medyo ang, ang palda, kailangan ang gandito. You know what I remember? Okay, can I say something funny? Okay, I'll say something funny. This dress, may history to eh. This dress was, um, was given to me. It was sewn 
uh, for me by Sister Irene. The reason being, Pastor Giselle had just become ordained a pastor. So, siyempre, pastor's wife, talagang, pastor's wife. So, she said, pastora, sige. So, she made this. It's really nice. So, I really, really like it. Like, wow. So, maglagay ka lang ng blazer. Siyempre, hindi ako naka-blazer ngayon. Mainit, no? So, okay lang. So, anyway, and then, one of the elders came up to me and said, Hi. Nice dress. Ang ikle, no? May ikle? I was like, uh, para tuloy akong parang like, yeah, you know, pastor's wife. Ang ikle. Kaya nga ayaw kong maging pastor's wife, eh. Kasi losa. <laughs> Sabi na nga ba, eh. I didn't want it. I didn't want it. It was like, you know what? But you know, Praise God for revelation. May kliba? Skuhaba nga eh. nga eh. No, but okay. But, but see, but see, I didn't want to, but you know what? Because God called me to be a pastor and a pastor's wife, little by little, he gave me desire. You know, one time, people were walking in this place and I cried. Because all of a sudden, it was like, I love these people. What was he doing? He was giving me a desire to pastor. He was giving me that desire. And I didn't have to like, I could look good while pastoring. I think, I think, you know, and I, I've met pastors' wives that are, oh my gosh, so amazingly gorgeous. And I'm like, pwede pala eh. pwede na, pwede na, you know. But, well, but you know, but he gave me the desire. And one time, you know, Pastor Giselle said, I think you need to stand up there to preach. I was scared. But you know what? I loved the people. And I wanted to speak to them. And you know what? I stood up there and he gave me the power. And I'm telling you, you might start out, not, I, I can't do it, I don't want to do it. But he's going to give you the power and he's going to give you the desire. I don't know what God is putting in your heart today. Maybe he's showing you India. Yeah, India, Lord. But all of a sudden, when you just enjoy your relationship with him, you will look for garlic naan. You will look for uh, uh, rogan josh. Yung mga Indian food. Bigla. Parang sarap bigla, no? Why is it? Yeah, garam masala. Yeah, mga ganyan. Why? Because he is preparing you. Hindi naman ano si God eh. God, you want me to go to India? Ayoko. Hindi bale. Pak, India. Pakialam. Sinipa talaga sa India. Uh, no, no, but see, if he, if, he, if he calls you to a place, he will put in you the desire. And all of a sudden, you will want to do it. I guarantee you, because I am standing in this place today saying, I did not want to be where I am today. But you know what? I am enjoying so much what I'm doing. I love, Pastor just saying, like, and I love, love, love pastoring this church. It is a joy and a delight to be where God has placed me. And I believe as you surrender your life to him, Whatever it is that he has called you to do, it is going to be a joy and it is going to be a delight. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, just give glory to God. Hallelujah. So Jesus lived. He was the perfect example of somebody who trusted not in his own strength, but in the power of God. We know that he always said, I myself can do nothing and I can only speak what the father tells me to speak. I can only do what the Father tells me to do. Remember? What does that mean? That means Jesus did not even depend on his own ability. 
Jesus depended on God and the power of God. And so as Jesus depended on God's power to live his life, so we depend on Jesus to live the grace life. In John 6, 57, it says here, as the living father sent me and I live because of the father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. He said, just as my relationship with the Father was a source of power and strength for me, our relationship with Jesus is our source of strength and is our source of power. You know, one time, Pastor Giselle was telling me this story. He's a diver, you know, and one time, you know, they were, they were hovering, you know, I think they were on their way up. But see, as a diver, you know, when you're very, very deep underwater, you don't just shoot your way up. You kind of have to go up very, very slowly, all right, to prevent, prevent nitrogen bubbles from forming in your lungs, and that could kill you. And so they would go up. But on their ascent, they, they were kind of very deep. So on their ascent, all of a sudden, because Pastor Giselle was a newbie, praise God, he was with Pastor Paul, he ran out of air. His air was like, konti na lang. The air, the air in his tank would not be enough for him to go up. How many of you know that's a scary thing? Underwater. And he couldn't shoot up immediately to get air because that would be very dangerous. Well, praise God, Pastor Paul was with him and he had what they call an octopus. Hindi yung octopus na octopus. But an octopus, you know, he had a regulator. Pastor Paul had a regulator, but he had an extra, he had extra regulators while he had an extra tank. And so what he did was that he gave the regulator to Pastor Giselle. So literally, Pastor Giselle was living out of Pastor Paul's air. Right? So he had that. He was connected to Pastor Paul. Guess what? Wherever Pastor Paul went, he went. If Pastor Paul went right, where do you think Giselle went? Left. No. If he went left, he went right. Why? Because he depended on Pastor Paul. So wherever he went, okay. Why? Why did he have to follow him? Why did he have to be with him? Because his very life depended on it. But you know what Pastor Giselle said? Because he was living off, living off the air of Pastor Paul, he spent an an extra time underwater. He was able to see so many different things. Pastor Paul led him to places where they saw jackfish and they saw so many other things. It was wonderful. You know, it's like, okay, while we're hovering, look at that. And he was able to enjoy his time in the water. Why? He was connected to Pastor Paul. He was breathing the very air that Pastor Paul breathed. In the same way, our life is in Christ. He's the very air that we breathe. He's the very life that we have. Without him, we can do nothing. So it's just like that analogy. We breathe him. We breathe his health. We breathe his grace. We breathe his power. We breathe his ability on the inside of us. And that's how we can live a victorious life. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 15, 10 in the Amplified, it says, but by the grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not found to be for nothing, fruitless and without effect. In fact, I worked harder than all of them. The apostles, though it was not really I, look at the apostle Paul, I worked hard. Yet you know what? It was not really I, but the grace the unmerited favor and blessing of God, which was with me. The grace of God is the ability of God coming on you to do 
what you cannot do by yourself. That is the grace of God. That is what empowered Paul. And all throughout the Bible, every person in the Bible, including Jesus, depended on God's power when they walked in the miraculous. Everything you see from Moses to Noah to Gideon to the Apostle Paul to Peter to Jesus They never did any miraculous thing unless God did it in them and through them. So you can see the Bible is not a story about perfect people. I love that. The Bible doesn't write stories and they're all perfect. Because if that were the case, we'd be like, yeah. But we can see stories in the Bible where we can relate. Where people were insufficient. Where people had no ability whatsoever. And yet... They did the miraculous, and yet they did strong and great exploits. Why? Because they depended on the power of God. So any excuse we might have for not walking in the miraculous, for not walking in God has for us, it's all covered by the Bible. I, 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 I don't know if I can do it. I, I, I can't speak. I, 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 Pastor, I don't know to talk. I don't know if God can use me because... I, 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 Maybe that's your excuse. But there's a man in the Bible called Moses. And you know what Moses said in Exodus 4, 10 to 12? He said, oh Lord, I'm not very, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. And I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied. My words get tangled. Been there. Done that. I don't know what to say. But you know what God said? Who makes a person's mouth? I love that. Who created you? Who made your mouth? If I made your mouth, I can put words in it. Look at this. He said, who made a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see. It is not I, the Lord. And he says, now go. 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 Now go. I will be with you as you speak. And I will instruct you in what to say. I love that. So many times I have stood up here and I'm like, what am I going to say? But it is at that moment when the power of God flows. It is when at your weakest that God's power is strongly manifested. Why? Because that's it. You're helpless. You don't know what to do. And then God comes in and does the impossible in and through you. Or maybe your excuse is, I'm so afraid, I'm scared, I'm a coward, I don't want to face them. I don't want to look at their faces, what what they might do to me. You know, they might laugh at me. When I do what you call me to do, they might laugh at me. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of people. Well, so was Peter. So was Peter. He denied Jesus three times, remember? He was so afraid, he even cursed the, the person who said, you know, you know, you know Jesus. No, no, I don't know him. He was so afraid that he denied his master. And yet, after the resurrection in Acts chapter 4, verse 7 to 14, he healed with John a man by the gate beautiful. And because of that, they were arrested. And when they were arrested, it says here in verse 7 of Acts 4, they brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? And then it says, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, God will fill you with his anointing and his Holy Spirit to do what you need to do. And then he 
Preach to them, Jesus. My goodness, if you, if you go through here, it says, do you want to know why he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. How bold is that? Before he said, I don't know him. Now he was preaching him. He was preaching him. And then it says here, if you go down, uh, I think it's about verse 12. If you go down, it says here, the members of the council were amazed. Okay, verse 13, maybe. Okay, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men. With no special training in the scriptures. Pastor, di naman ako Bible scholar. Paano ko naman gagawin niya? Pastor, di naman ako nagpunta sa Bible school. How am I gonna do that? Uh, fishermen. Ordinary men. With no training in the scriptures. Then go to Bible school. But you know, look at, this, look at what it says here. But they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. That was all they needed to walk in boldness and power. They were with Jesus. And you're not only with Jesus, but Jesus is in you. He is in you. Amen. Or you might be saying, I don't have any money. I don't have any resources. Well, do you remember the story of the feeding of the 5,000? You remember that story? You know, Andrew was saying, where are we going to buy bread? Where are we going to have all the money to buy bread? Because Jesus asked them, where can we buy bread to feed these people? In John chapter 6, verse 5, the message Bible. He saw a large crowd. And then he asked Philip, I love this. He, said, he asked Philip, Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these people? And it says he said this to stretch Philip's faith. I like that because sometimes when God tells you to do something, Pastor Giselle, I want you to do Jesus' festival. Jesus' festival, that's huge. Why was he doing that? It says, he said this to stretch Philip's faith. But I like this. It says, he already knew what he was going to do. So, when God tells you to do something or asks you to step out and do something, he's trying to, you know, see whether you're going to step out and trust him. But guess what? He already knows what he's going to do. He already provided what you need. I mean, he was just saying, will, will you step out? Will, will you do that? You know, let, let's go do Jesus Festival. Let's go get that job. Let's go to that nation. Let's step out in what God has called you to do. And you're saying, uh, but I don't have the money. Uh, but Jesus already knows what he's going to do. I love that. That means everything is already prepared for you. As soon as you step out when you need it, it will be there. Oh, my goodness. And then look at Philip. And this is how we sometimes answer sometimes. 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get a piece. Lord, that's what you want me to do? Lord, here's my wallet. Eh. Nothing, nothing. But I want you to see what happened here. And of course, there was a boy who had five barley loaves and two fish, but Andrew saw that, a drop in the bucket for a crowd like that. How am I going to do this? It's so expensive to get married. It's so expensive to, you know... Just step out and we're going to pay for this, pay for that, pay for that. And ito lang yung pera namin. Drop in a bucket. But I want you to see what Jesus said. Make the people sit down. Kalma lang. Sit down. I want that. Sit down. Ipapayaran ko pa to. Ipapayaran ko pa to. Ipapayaran ko pa Sit down. Make the people sit down. Why? Our part is to rest. 
His job is to perform. Why? Because it is His power that's going to do it. And He wants us to sit down. And look where we're going to sit down. There's a nice carpet of green grass in this place. He said, I want you to sit down, and I don't want you to worry about anything. I want you to sit down to relax. And then it says here, they sat down, about 5,000 of them. Then Jesus took the bread. Jesus wants to take what you have, and with his power and ability, he wants to multiply it. He wants to multiply it. Amen? Amen. He wants to take what you have. And I'm telling you, testimonies after testimonies of people stepping out with only a little in their hand, but they trusted God with a little in their hand, and they came out with more than what they gave. More, so much more, overflowing. Amen. Why? Because it is God's power. It is God's ability working on the inside of us. And you might be saying, well, I can't do that. I've never done that before. Hello? Has Moses ever delivered Israel before? Has Noah ever made an ark before? Has Gideon ever led an army before? Huh? Has Peter ever walked on water before? When you look at the Bible, it was not their second time, their third time, or their fourth time to do it. It was always the first time. Diba? First time naman lagi eh. Or do this. Okay. It was the first time. But when the widow from Zarephath, who you know said, make me a cake first. Ah, nagawa ko na to. Magmumultiply talaga to. Hindi naman, diba? No. She had to do it first. Okay. The widow's oil. Pour out the oil so that all the base... Nangyari na to. Of course. First time. Guess what? Our, that shouldn't be an excuse. I've never done it before. I've never pastored before. Have you ever worship led before this? Never pastored before. Never done it before. But you know what? That's the best place to be because that's where God's power comes in. That's where God manifests himself. Amen. And maybe you're asking, there are too many obstacles. Well, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10, ending soon, give me about five minutes. There are too many obstacles. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10 in the Amplified Bible. But he said to me, my grace, my favor and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you. It is sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. That means you're going to overcome. For my strength, I love this, for my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled, and completed, and show themselves most effective in your weakness. If you want God's power to show itself strong, its strongest, its most effective, it is when you are at your weakest. Why? Kung malakas kasi tayo, hindi na natin kailangan ng strength ni Lord. Diba? Pero kung mahina tayo, dun natin kailangan. And that's where he's going to appear. And that's where it's going to be powerful. And then he said, Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and infirmities that the strength and power of Christ the Messiah may rest. Yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. Do you know that God wants his strength and power to tabernacle over you? To live over you. What does that mean? He wants to live in you and be your strength every minute, every second of the day. So whenever I walk, I'm always, always, always depending on the strength of God. I'm always, always, always depending on the protection of God. You go out there, you never know what's going to happen. 
You don't know that when you walk out there, oh my goodness, you hear the news, the stories, the accidents and all that. You don't know. But you know what? God is there to protect you. That is our only confidence. His power, His strength, His blood, His ability to protect us. So every time I walk, every time I get into the car, every time I drive, I am dependent on God's power and ability and protection and wisdom. Every step of the way. Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and infirmities that the strength and power of Christ may tabernacle upon me. So for the sake of Christ, I am well pleased and take pleasure in infirmities, in insults, in hardships, persecutions, perplexities, and distresses. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am truly strong, able, powerful, in divine strength. You are strong in Him. Nothing that the devil throws at you can ever overcome you. Hallelujah. Psalm 18, 29 to 35. Let's give glory to God. We want to give glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me end with Psalm 18, 29 to 35 in the New Living Translation. We declare this. We declare this over ourselves today. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale a wall, any wall. God's way is perfect. You know who the way is? Jesus is the way. His way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He's a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God arms you with strength. And he makes your way perfect. He makes you as sure-footed as a deer. Enabling you to stand on mountain heights. He trains your hands for battle. He strengthens your arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me, he has given you his shield of victory. His right hand supports you. His help has made you great. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak strength, divine strength coming from above to infuse the people here at New Life the Fort. I thank you that as we look to you, we are not dependent on our smarts, our talents, our abilities, our outward appearance, our outward privileges. We're not dependent on that, Lord, but we look to you, Jesus. You are our sufficiency. and You are our strength, and we look to you. We acknowledge, Lord, that without you, we can do nothing. But we also acknowledge and we recognize that you are our strength, so we are ready for anything. And equal to everything. Thank you, Jesus, for that strength and power that only comes from you. And today I declare over the people of New Life the Fort, you are a victorious people. You're going to be walking in victory all the days of your life because you are 100% dependent on the strength and power of God. I speak that over you today in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to take this opportunity to have people who have never received Jesus Christ, the rock, the fortress, the strength, the deliverer, to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Maybe it's your first time here. Maybe it's not, but you have never made that decision to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. 
Well, today is your opportunity to do so. With every head bowed and with every eye closed, I want to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus. If we are to walk in God's power and God's strength, if we are to walk in the victory of God, then our foundation needs to be our relationship with him. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer for those of you who want to receive Jesus for the first time. It's a prayer to receive him into your heart as Lord and Savior. Congregation, I want you to join me as we join the people praying this prayer for the first time. Let's pray. Jesus, you are my life. You are my strength, my purpose, my pattern, my prize. Jesus, today I make a decision to receive you in my heart as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, today I recognize you are the strength of my life and I can do anything through you who empowers me. Thank you, Jesus, for this new life that I have in you. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for always, being be, for always being there to reveal Jesus all the days of my life. I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at newlifethefort.com.